Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 27 of Poker All the Games. And I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Northeast Coast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins me from Malta. Martin and I enjoy mixed poker games. We've also each written a book, and we also enjoy different beers. So we'll be starting off today's show as we do with each episode, me reviewing a beer from the U.S. and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So sit back, grab a beer, as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. So I am pouring a beer called The Squeeze, from Seven Sirens Brewing in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Since we're discussing watermelon game today, I have a berry beer of sorts. This is a sour ale conditioned on boysenberries and vanilla. What's a boysenberry, you ask? Well, I asked that myself. So it's a cross between the raspberry and the blackberry. Though neither of those is botanically a berry, they're actually aggregate fruits, and watermelon is a berry. So <laughs> we have a melon that's a berry, and berries that are fruits. <laughs> so if that's any indication, we're in for a very interesting mixed game episode today. All right, let's get back to the beer. So let's have a smell. Oh, nice. That smells nice. I'm getting that. The blackberry and raspberry. So this is a sour, so I do actually get some notes of uh, sourness coming out. Um, I can't say can't say that I'm getting any of the uh, vanilla, but we'll see. So let's have a look. It's a very pretty um, reddish, purplish color um, and quite clear. It's kind of nice, uh, slightly different color beer rather than the usual beer color. Um, a lot of head on this one, a reddish tint to the foam, and there's quite a bit of it. Now for the best part, let's have a taste. Quite interesting. It is sour and tart at the same time, if that's possible. Um, I do get the blackberry and raspberry kind of mix, I guess, and there's sort of something else going on in there, and I guess it's the vanilla mixing in. I'm not sure. Not sure I appreciate the vanilla. It might be better without it. Uh, I'm not sure, but it is uh, quite tasty and easy to drink. Um, moderate carbonation. Um, this is again. This is the squeeze from Seven Sirens Brewing Company. There's no ABV reported on this, uh, so we'll have to wait and see how I feel in a while. <laughs> Okay, While I sit back and continue, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not something that's a requirement here in the states to to report the ABV. So uh, I okay. guess uh, just not on this one. So while I sit back and continue to enjoy this, Martin, why don't you go ahead and describe uh, what beer you're bringing us from Europe? I have a Hefeweizen beer Hefeweizen. called uh, called Hackepshaw. Um It's just getting warmer again in Malta and. I do like to drink a Hefeweizen beer of an evening in Malta. Uh, so I'm looking forward to tasting this one. Um, it's from a Bavarian brewery. Uh, I've just opened it. The bottle's got, it's not a traditional sort of lever, lever it off, leave the top off with a bottle opener type bottle. It's It's got a kind of a stopper with a kind of a metal lever structure to it that you you then squeeze and the, the, the top pops off. Anyway, Yes, a, a gross cap. Yeah, we call it a gross yeah. cap, I think. Yes, yeah. I, I know it used to be, um, I used to see it on bottles of gross type of tap, uh, type of cap. I didn't realise that had actually given its name to the to the, to the actual uh, to the sort of uh, structure to it. Anyway, um, yeah, this is a Fairly cloudy ice beer. It's it's a nice honey gold colour. 
there's, there's a lot of bubbles rising to the surface there, so it's very well carbonated in a very thick foam at the top, very thick white foam. I'm looking forward to trying this one. Oh yes. Yeah, and I, I don't get like you 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 you've picked a beer with lots of different fruit and vanilla flavours. I don't get anything from this other than just it just tastes like a good solid wheat beer, good solid rice beer. So yeah. as I say, I'm looking forward to drinking a few of these over summer in Malta. Perfect perfect beer to drink at the end of a hot day as the sun's going down in, in the in your local square in Malta. It's it's a it's a lovely drink. Cheers. Salute. Yes, you're making me want to visit. Yeah, I love uh, the, the the beer that Martin described. Yeah, Hacker Shore Vice beer. That's a that's an enjoyable one that we can get here in the states uh, as well. So, yeah, perfect. Remember that our focus here is not hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker. Whether you're a dealer, a player, or a card room manager. Our goal is to define the rules, the play, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. So it's almost like we are, for those who might be able to equate to this reference, we are Hoyle's Rules of Mixed Poker Games. I don't know if you know uh, Hoyle's Rules of Card Games uh, <laughs> or not, Martin. Yes, I haven't had a copy, but I've heard of the heard of the name and uh, I've heard references to it over the years. Yeah, and, so uh, we're, we're Hoyle's rules of mixed poker games, not to take their copyright and they're going to come and sue me, but uh, <laughs> I, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Today's episode, we'll be covering watermelon. Martin, why don't you walk us through the game of watermelon? Sure. Watermelon. Well, I recently learned that it's also known as Thriller and Bumblebee. Thriller, it with Scandinavian players, I think, and Bumblebee with a small number of people in Slovakia, by the sounds of it. For all I know, both of those names might be more widely known, even more widely known than Watermelon. But as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the community I've been playing mixed games with for some time now call it Watermelon. And I've been playing this game for about six years. It's popular with a subset of mixed games players. I mean, you get mixed games players that just like to stick to the horse variants or the eight game variants. And then there are others that like what some people would call carnival games. And, and, and this, but this particular subset is mainly players that have come to mixed games from Pot Limit Omaha. And Watermelon is a version of Pot Limit Omaha. Um, I'm saying pot limit. It's quite possible to play it fixed limit. And I actually think it's more fun game played fixed limit than it is pot limit. I don't actually think it's a good game as far as uh, mixed games uh, roster is concerned. Maybe some more on that later. It is preferred by most people that you play with six cards. But with watermelon, you end up with three boards. So you can only play six cards if you have a maximum of six players at the table and even then there's only enough cards for one burn card with five cards you can play with a maximum of seven players it tends to be that if you've got a table of eight players we'll have one player sitting out each hand maybe the person to the right of the button or the person in the under the gun the traditional under the gun seat how it's played initially the two players to the left of the blinds sorry left of the button post the blinds, and then the dealer will pitch the cards. So say, we'll, we'll say we're playing with six players and it's a six card possible. Six cards are possible. So the dealer pitches six cards to each of the players and there's a round of betting. Following this, the dealer burns one card and puts out three lines of three cards, three flops. There's another round of betting. And then because there aren't enough cards to burn anymore, the dealer puts three turn cards out alongside each of the flops. Another round of betting. Finally, another card is turned face up to the right of all those turn cards. And there's another round of betting. So you're now faced with three boards. You, as I've said earlier, we're playing a pot limit Omaha variant. And you get a point for each board that you win. And the pot is scooped 
by the person with the most points. So you have uh, potentially you win one point because you, you have the nuts on one board and somebody else has the other two boards. So they get two points. They scoop the pot. It's the traditional high Omaha hands that we're talking about. So on each board, you're looking at three cards from that board and two from your hand. It's possible that sometimes pots are split. Two types of ways that can happen is if two players split one board, for example, if they both have the same straight, and then they win another board each, they get one and a half points each, so they split the pot. It's also possible for a three-way chop, where three different players each win one pot. And that's, um, yeah, a, three -way, a straightforward three-way chop. I guess it's possible as well. I've not seen this happen. I've played quite a few hands, but I guess it's possible that there are four players at showdown, two players split one board, and two other players win one board each. So despite only having one point each, they would split the whole pot. So um, I think that's the rules. Uh, do you have any questions, Sean? Um, do you, uh, you have some reservations uh, regarding this game? Uh, maybe you could elaborate for us. Yeah, sure. Um, it's sometimes difficult to get mixed games started. So you... You, you might have six players at the table and that's all that's all that have arrived at the table in the casino and uh, you're really looking around for other people to join and, and so that you know that the game's going to keep going. This game is is a game where particularly weaker players can lose the stack very easily. What that means is that you start with the six players, maybe they lose the stack, reload, you know, when we play our mixed games, we have, um, say, seat one will pick the first game, and we play six hands of that game before six, seat two picks the next game. And during those six hands, if seat one picks watermelon, it's, it's not unusual, even for a good player, to lose the stack a couple of times already in those six hands. You can end up with five players or even four players after that orbit. So it's not a game that grows mixed games very well. Beginners beginners will come to the table thinking that they know how to play Omaha and they'll get scooped because they have one board or they have a strong hand on one board and might not even win, win that board at the end of the at the end of the uh, the showdown. But they lose the stack because they overplay. Um so yeah as a mixed games player I like people to I don't want people to lose too much money. I I, I mean that that might seem like it's it's not uh, a typical poker um, mindset, but I think that it's it's a more sustainable environment on the whole. If people are encouraged to keep coming back, you're obviously going to play to win always. But um, I think someone, it might be been Amarillo Slim years ago, there was a quote from him saying you can... Um, you can take the, the wool off a sheep as many times as you like, but you can only take its skin once or something along those lines. And I don't want to skin the sheep. I just want to get some wool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Martin, I, I might believe you if, you know, listening to the uh, previous podcast so far this year that you and I have done together, I would believe what you're saying, except that you're taking everybody's money. So you're, you're keeping people from playing the game. Share the wealth, Martin. Come on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, but I, I don't think I'm taking anybody's rent money. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I say that in jest, of course. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this is like six-card Omaha, right, with three boards, though. And then some scoring going, you know, some points. That's right, yeah, we're playing for points. It's actually a really popular game in Europe. And as I say, with that subset of people that have come to mixed games from Pot Limits Omaha, which is quite a significant chunk of the people that play mixed games over here. Because, yeah, uh, we're going to have to... Go ahead. I was going to say, I guess in the US, people come to mixed games from playing fixed limit games, stud and limit hold'em, uh, I guess. Um I guess a, a large chunk of mixed games players over there have a different uh, sort of approach to the game to what 
like what you see over here. Yeah, we'll have to see if uh, anybody knows or if we can come up with a name for six car Omaha because right, Big O is called. Um, it is five big O is five card Omaha basically. So I'm not sure there's actually a name. I mean, obviously watermelon, watermelon, but if you just played it with one board, um, you know, other than it's just called six card Omaha, <laughs> you know, so we'll um, have to see if we can coin a phrase unless someone knows of one. Now I, I don't, I haven't, um, I'm not sure about this, but there was a name for and it might have been for six card Omar, Big Orleans or something. Okay, I, I'm yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm, sure I'm I know not, that. That might be something I dreamed one day, but I think I heard <laughs> that mention. I think I heard. Well, that we might have to go with it last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll have to see if we can get uh, any of our listeners to verify uh, if that's true or not. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, any any. Uh, any strategy tips to, to get us started in this game? Okay, well, first of all, and um, I think this is a typical beginner's mistake, don't be the mug that plays a hand that consists of two pretty cards, two or even three pretty cards that don't have backup. So, for example, if you come from Holden and you like your pair of kings, and you get two kings with a suited jack, but then you get a six, three, and two with it. It's really hard to hit three boards with, or even two boards with a hand like that. Um, so yeah, don't don't get uh, over connect over committed to hands like that. What are you looking for? You know, when you play Holden, you got one combination of two cards because you've got the two cards. One combination. When you play four card PLO, you have six combinations of two cards. And when you play four-card PLO, you're trying to play hands that where all those cards connect. So if you think about six cards, Omaha, you've actually got uh, 15 combinations of cards. Have you? Mm. I think, yeah, 15 combinations of two cards. So the, the nearer you can get to 15 cards that can hit a board together, the better. So, for example, obviously, king and two are never going to make it straight. So if you can get all your cards within sort of seven or eight uh, pips of each other, say cards from six up to jack or queen, or if, you, if you've if got a pair in there, squeeze it together a bit more, maybe six or seven pips separating the highest and lowest cards. That gives you a chance to hit more than one board. But also be wary because uh, you can hit more than one board and have yourself almost completely blocked. Uh, if you have straight draws on more than one board, you might it might be that the cards you need to hit on one board are in another board and your hand, and vice versa with the second board. So, um, yeah, uh, try to play connected cards, but proceed cautiously. After, when you see the flops... Actually, think before you make your decisions. How many cards? How how live are the cards that I need to hit? Um, you'll find people sometimes. This is one of the reasons why people lose a stack quite often in this game. People smash one board. You know, they see that they've got top set and a straight draw and a nut flush draw on one board, and don't realise that the other two boards. Don't give them very much. And they bet pot on every street. And then they can maybe accidentally backdoor into something that wins them the pot on the river and they think they've played the hand really well. Um, but this is why it's such a treacherous game. I've lost some huge pots myself. I'm not going to tell any bad beat stories here, but I've lost some huge pots where I've known I've been ahead. And then... Uh, the other person's doing the betting, and I'm not going to commit until I know that, um, well, until, until I see that the danger's gone away, if you like. Uh, because the, the amount of equity that you can have, with the, even with the nuts on two boards, can be a lot less than you, than you think. Uh, so you've got too strong a hand to fold, but 
you don't want to be putting all your stack in because it can quite often be being pushed in somebody else's direction when the third diamond comes on the river on board number two or whatever. So it's a treacherous game. This is one of the reasons why I like to play fixed limit. Um, I mean, personally, I'm not going to worry too much about losing my stack. But like I said to you earlier, I don't want to see a couple of new players come to the game, lose the stack immediately and leave and vow never to come back. Um, yeah. Yeah, let, let, you know our goal here, right, is to try to bring more people into mixed games, not not yeah, <laughs> get exactly. them out. So yeah, yeah so, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, where the the fixed limit sort of definitely makes sense. I can say, right, we we see that in Hold'em a lot, right? You were talking about the um the, the boards and the gaps and and things, and we see that where somebody sort of backdoors something on the river and they think they've played well. Yeah, that we see that and hold them quite frequently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I played the hand perfectly because I won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. Yeah, that, that's mm. some good advice. So, you know, we have this sort of one and two gapper in in a lot of games, you know, particularly yeah. hold them. And you're talking about six or seven gappers. But so what would you say? that you could, you know, you could make if it's a six or seven gaps in between your cards, you could make, you know, still make a hand. But what would you recommend sort of the, is there some maximum that you might say you shouldn't play more than this many gaps uh, that are in your hand, pips, as you called it? It depends on the strength of the connecting cards you have. Um, I'm comfortable playing this game, but I wouldn't say I'm the best player that I know. So some people might contradict what I have to say, but generally when I'm playing PLO, four-card PLO, if I've got a hand that contains a king and a two, I'm generally not happy with that hand. But when you've got a six-card hand, the two might be a complete dangler that the other five cards might like connect beautifully. You know, if, if you have, say, ace-king-king, jack-ten with a suit, an ace-high suit and a king-high suit, You've got a lot of straights you can hit. You've got a, a good high pair. You've got um, the not flush. And sometimes you'll actually hit the king high flush. And know it's the nuts because the ace of the suits on one of the other boards. You're going to get a lot of information from the fact that there are eventually 15 cards out there face up. Um, so, yeah, Try to avoid danglers, but sometimes the strength of your five-card hand is such that um, you've just got to grit your teeth and hope that that dangler's not going to hurt you too much. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, sort of a follow-up before you continue, do you care about position in, in that game? I know in PLO, you know, if you have a, a dangler, and, and just for those who may or may not know, a, a dangler is a card that doesn't match. Um, you know, if you have, yeah. say, you're playing Omaha with four cards, ace, king, queen, deuce, um, like Martin mentioned, you know, the deuce will be the dangle. It doesn't fit at all um, with the rest of the cards, and you're not going to make a hand with it. Um, yeah, and I know absolutely. in PLO, position, depending on your position, that dangler, you know, might be worth um, getting involved in the hand because of that, even though you have that dangler. I don't know if that matters so much when there are three boards coming out or if it's uh, really um, not not something to be concerned about. Yeah, position is, yeah, I think it is quite important when, we, when you're playing watermelon. Um, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't really... Um, the top of my head, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, in a similar way to why it's important with Omaha, you know. I, and I do think probably with Watermelon, um, you'd still have to be cautious, though, because for the same reason I outlined earlier, people might know they've got two boards, but they know that they're vulnerable. If it's checked to you in position and you're now betting, they might now think, I'll take the opportunity to check-raise, because that's going to reduce the field, and it might not matter that my that one of the boards is vulnerable. Because um, you know the other person, if I'm if I'm getting heads up, the other person doesn't necessarily have a have a redraw on that board. You know they're cleaning up their outs by by narrowing the field down. Uh, so yes, position is important, but watch out for. Uh, do, do you want to be facing a check raise, and do you know what you're going to do if you do? 
I wouldn't be scared of, of, of the check raise, but I just would need, need to, before I make a bet, just because I'm in position and I have something, I, would, I need to have a plan for if I, if I see that happen, because it does happen quite often. Yeah, I like that you're that you brought that to our attention. Um, you know, people, a lot of players, they think, oh, it's it's fixed limit. It's it's a mixed game. There's, you know, it's just all straightforward. You know, that you see the board, the card. You know, there's not much to these games, but there's quite a bit of play when you start getting into these games. There's, you know, the, you just mentioned some sort of moves. You know, that people can make. Um, and, and and that happens in a lot of these mixed games. You know, maybe not as much as no limit hold'em, but you also aren't vulnerable vulnerable to losing your entire stack on a given hand either. So, you know, there, there's some good and bad uh, that goes with it. Yeah, if you play fixed limit, you, you, it, it's a, I mean, a better game, but it's, it's not as popular, really nowhere near as popular in Europe, fixed limit watermelon. Pot limit is much more popular, and that, that's where you, you do see people putting the stacks in frequently in an orbit of this game. Um, yeah, like I, I say, I'd like to find, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like I say, that the check raise is, is a really um, frequently used move in this game for those reasons. Okay. Yeah, one thing I don't know, interestingly enough, is where sort of pot limit came from. Why do we play pot limit in Omaha? And this is sort of an Omaha variant. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, pot limit isn't a common isn't common in a lot of games. I don't know. It's, it's fixed or no limit. You know, it's, it's I, I don't care for pot limit a lot just because it, it, it's, I mean, there are a lot of dealers versed in being able to understand the pot, but I saw at the WSOP in Las Vegas um, numerous times, I see people calling pot and the dealer giving a number and then players are interjecting what they think the yeah. number is. And a lot of times the players might be right because they're just a lot of math whizzes in the poker world. Um, but it, it really slows the game down because then the dealer has to stop and and pause. And it, I, I don't know, it just, so a lot of times, even if it's a pot limit game, it's, it's rare that I actually will call pot. I'll have an idea of what's in the pot and just kind of yeah. get close to that. Just so I don't have to slow the game down in case, a player feels the need to interject their opinion on what the pot actually is. I actually, um, I, I actually think in Europe, a, a lot of dealers are used to pot limit games and they're really impressive sometimes. You know, some deal called pot and the dealer comes back straight away with the number and, and it's, it's, it's so impressive. You know, I'm talking about, uh, you know, multi-way, Pots, maybe with a couple of maybe with a side pot already, and the dealer's right there. You know, somebody's bet, somebody else says pot, and then straight away they say, "Oh, seventeen thousand four hundred sixty. <laughs> I mean, I've got that number off the top of my head, but but it's literally. Does anybody of, ever question it? Yeah, do you ever find any players sort of, uh, and the dealer is actually incorrect, or somebody thinking the dealer is incorrect? Sure, and a lot of the players are very used to it as well. And a lot of the players know that the dealers got it right spot on straight away. It's wow, um, that's great. Yeah, it, there are some dealers that struggle with it though, and then sometimes you know a deal starting to get tired, and the uh, yes they have to stop and really think it through and work it out. But but generally they're very quick, and that's really impressive. I'm shout out to poker dealers. I think they uh, generally do a great job, and it's quite often. Low pay and high uh, high maintenance players to deal with at times. Yeah, we'll have to see about getting some of the uh, European dealers over for uh, the World Series uh, pot <laughs> limit games. Then uh, to just to, yeah. just to help the flow of the game, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind if it happens in a local casino or something. It's not a big deal. But uh, I've seen many many players here in the states correcting dealers, and sometimes actually more often than not it seems that the player is is correct a lot of it has to do also with um what is it early on the uh when there's antes for example they don't count or you know right away yeah. so some of it has to do with that in tournaments but uh but anyway just yeah. just a sort of little sidebar there on uh pot limit <laughs> games yeah yeah all right well yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that game of uh, watermelon to us, Martin. Uh, did you have anything else? Are we uh, ready to move on to uh, mixed game news? Uh, we can move on to news if you like now. That's okay, nice. excellent. All right, I'll go over some uh, mixed game news here in the U- U.S. So, a couple of things. Um, 
main thing is on uh there's been news so we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago a couple of episodes back about the uh the poker go mixed game series that was um not televised which was disappointing i know i thought it was going to be and uh, martin corrected me on that uh, and so i was also made aware of from uh robbie straczynski's podcast which is called cards chat that um there's a rumor that poker go maybe airing future mixed game series so i i think you know that's pretty exciting news and i have to give a shout out to robbie again uh and I think, you know, our list, I strongly recommend our mixed game followers listen to episode 117 of the Cards Chat podcast, which was just released on March 15th. There's a bit of chat. Hear what I did there? Cards Chat. There's a bit of chat. Um, <laughs> but Between Alex and Robbie, it must be the spear. It must be a pretty high ABV. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there's a bit of chat between Alex and Robbie on that uh, episode related to mixed game play. And it was actually quite enlightening to hear the back and forth and Alex's passion for the game of poker, including eight, nine, and 10 game mixes, which are actually uh some of my favorite. And I know, uh, Martin, you uh, listen to Robbie's uh, podcast as well. Yes, I do. Actually, um, there are quite a few episodes that are of interest to mixed games players. Uh, it, it's, an, it's a nice podcast. He calls it the friendliest yeah. po- podcast in chatting town. And uh, it, it is quite yep. a friendly vibe listening to that one. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Alex Livingston, he actually has a a bracelet and seven card stud from the 2022 WSOP, as well as quite a few caches in uh, other mixed games. Um, The other piece. Sorry sorry to butt in. He's also uh, regular in the 8160 mixed game at Resorts World, the the cash game that uh, Alina Jard. Sort of hosts. He's one of the crowd there. Yes, I did uh, notice if you listen to that episode one one seventeen of Cards Chat that uh, Robbie did mention that he has actually played with Alex in that eighty one sixty. And um, you know, I, I met Robbie at at his mixed game festival last year at the World Series. Um, and he's probably one of the friendliest guys I know. So the podcast being the friendliest podcast in town, so to speak, yeah. is uh, you know fitting. But I, I didn't know he played eighty one sixty. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know he played that that big because he holds the small. You know, I know just to bring people into the game. Usually the mixed game festivals are lower stakes, but uh, I, I was very pleased to hear that Robbie uh, was in an eighty one sixty mix. He was actually um, lucky enough to be staked by a good friend of his, which was amazing. <laughs> I need to get some friends like this. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to go buddy up to Robbie a little bit, see if he can introduce <laughs> us to uh, some of his uh, staking friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What uh, What do you have for us as far as mixed game uh, news in Europe? Um, a couple. No, the, these are kind of overlapping with the events, but because they're not dates yet, I can announce that there are plans at an early stage for a mixed games weekend at Porto Maso Casino in Malta sometime this summer. It will feature multiple mixed games tournaments and cash games tables. Hopefully I'll have more about that next time we, on the next podcast. And secondly, the dates again have not been finalised, but there's an Italian group called ETOP, E-T-O-P, that is organising a cruise and it will be early September. As I say, the date's not been finalised yet. Neither has the schedule, but the, there's a tournament schedule that includes a number of mixed games, including Sviten, Horse, and Stud High Low. I'll just pick those three out. There are, there are two possible schedules, so I'm not going to uh, go into much more any more detail about that because not until it's been finalised. But yeah, that's quite exciting. A good cruise around the Mediterranean. Um, run by an Italian group, and already um, they have built capacity and they're asking the cruise ship company to give them more places. So that looks like it could be quite an exciting festival to get involved with uh, for Mixed Games followers. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll have to see if they have any more seats. I've actually never been on a cruise and I'm Italian. So this is kind of <laughs> kind of could be my <laughs> opportunity if they uh, get some more space available. And and depends on how much I lose at the WSOP this year as well. So or how much yeah. I win. I mean, it depends on how yeah, much I win. Right. right. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. I can wear that and show off a little bit. Right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, so before we get into uh, some mixed game events, I do have uh, a little something else, some other news um, that I kind of I, I almost uh, missed here. But um, so this is a little have been, has been a little bit of a controversial topic on uh, poker Twitter here. And so I'm wondering Martin's uh, thoughts. So um, there was a a question. No, wait, it was a complaint posted by Alan Kessler. No. <laughs> he seems to complain a lot. <laughs> so a complaint posted by Alan um, about the game horse. And he said, you know, I, I mentioned in one of our previous episodes that it's uh, moving to heroes. They're renaming it heroes to try to keep the stud games um, apart from one another. Yeah. And so Alan was kind of complaining that nothing was broken. And why would you change the name? We've been calling it horse for hundreds of years. We should call it heroes. You know, why are we calling it heroes? I mean, we should retain the name of horse. And uh, so there's a sort of a, he, he then posted a poll. And in the meantime, I read, there was actually a great piece written and published by Terrence Reed on poker.org. I thought it was actually quite phenomenal actually and the way it ended um the way he he ended it was perfect and i can sort of spoil that for everybody but i'm curious of uh your thoughts martin if you uh have any thoughts on horse versus heroes um and there are other names thrown around as well apparently there's some east coast cute version called shore <laughs> so, okay. i don't know what, what are your thoughts on splitting the games up or the names or if it even matters or call it whatever you want to call it but you just still play the five games i don't know right well the confusion arises when you play one stud game and then change to another stud game so for example when you play horse you play ras then it's followed by stud and if the player doesn't notice two things happening, one, the announcement that the game has changed, and secondly, that the low card is now bringing in rather than the high card, then they can end up playing a ras hand when, they, when they're playing stud and lose some money that way. And then also the, the game changes from stud to stud high-low immediately after that. And, and there's a similar issue there, although it's more easy to be misled there because the low, the low card brings in in both those games. So there are good reasons to split the games up. Um, but Horse Stroke Heroes is a five-card game and it's impossible not to have two stud games together in that variant. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yes, I think Heroes is a, an improvement in that way, but I don't think it's perfect. I, I, know, I know that in eight-game tournaments, not on Pokestars for some reason, but in eight-game tournaments they've split up the games so that you never when the game changes you never receive the same sort of shaped uh, hand if you know what I mean, you don't get two cards and one up, followed by another game with two cards and one up, or even the number of cards in your hand is never the same from one game to the next, so it's always possible to know that the game's changed in eight game um yeah, I mean, okay. an another discussion that went on as part of that, some people went on to say that Limit Hold'em is not such a popular game yes. and Deuce to Seven is better. And actually, we tried to get a Toast tournament going in the Multipoker Festival that's coming soon, and that's not happened. But Toast sounds like a good option to try at some point where you replace Limit Hold'em with Deuce to seven triple draw, but that doesn't solve the problem of the seven card games being being right. the other. So, uh, in in my opinion, what we need to do is experiment with more mixed games types. I've actually come up with a <laughs> with a with a variation myself, and I've not found anybody to spread it yet. Um, called strobed. S stands for stud. T for deuce to seven triple draw. R for raz. 
O for Omaha High Low, B for Badugi, E for Studata Better, and D for Dromaha. So you've got a nice selection of games there that all have a different number of cards uh, than the preceding game. Um, and I think it doesn't include Limit Hold'em and it includes some nice uh, some nice variants that you don't have, often get to play. So I'm, I'm going to try to push... I mentioned already that there's, there will probably be a festival in summer. I'm going to push for... In Malta, that is. I'm going to push for that to be included on the schedule. I'm not sure whether it'll be... Um, whether I'll achieve that, but um, I'm hoping so. I, I do think that we'll get a decent number of players for that, just because of what I know about the mixed games um, community in Europe. I have to say I like it. <laughs> um, and you heard it here first. For those who are tuned into this podcast, you heard it here first. Strode. I love Deuce to Seven Triple Draw. It's uh, one of my favorites. That doesn't mean I'm a great player at it, but I really yeah. enjoy uh, Triple Draw a lot. And I love low ball games um, for, for one reason or another. Um, I really enjoy them. So yeah, I guess I like to go against the grain. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No, low ball games are interesting. Um the the mixed games festival in Bratislava at the moment, the Norwegian Masters includes a low ball mix, and I'm, I'm really green with envy that I couldn't get to that and play. <laughs> yeah, all right, excellent, Strobe. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I like that. It is it is tough. I I get when something's been the same way for a long time, but uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't change or try to improve things. And I'm not going to spoil um, Terence's article on Poker.org. I'm going to point you there. Um, to go read it, and it's it's just it's it, it it's I love his last line in it. You have to write. He really closes it out like a good writer. You start with something and you circle back, and uh, he ends it just it's 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 beautiful and it's like a, a dig to Alan. And I like Alan. I sat at a tournament with him last year at the WSOP. Um, yeah, me but, too. You know, me it's too. just it, it. Yeah, it's fun poker. It's just fun poker stuff that goes on in the poker world that we like to horse around yeah. with. Of course. <laughs> no, your, your pants are really, really on the, I was going to say on a high tonight, but I'm not sure that's the right phrase. <laughs> yeah, really... yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to get some food. I should be snacking to go with this sour beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's all good. On point. I like that. All right. Let's go over some um, upcoming mixed games events. So in the U.S., I've mentioned this before. You can follow uh, Las Vegas has a lot of mixed game tournaments, of course, running each week. And you can follow Vegas Mixed Game on Twitter to stay up to date. Um, and remember, tune in here for updates on mixed games events. And please leave us a comment if you know of an upcoming non-hold'em tournament event or cash games uh, so we can let our listeners know. Um, I do want to quickly bring up the WSOP. Uh, if you have any interest in poker at all, not just mixed games, but the WSOP uh, at the Horseshoe, which has been rebranded now, is now the Horseshoe, Las Vegas, um, is the place to be between May 30th and July 18th of this year. Not only are there a pile of mixed game tournaments, but there are also mixed cash games usually running uh, throughout the day and night. And uh, I'll have more to talk about a little bit, the the WSOP stuff um, in our next section here. But first, Martin, uh, what do you have for us uh, in Europe for mixed games uh, players events? Okay. Um... The next festival that includes any mixed games interest uh, that I know of is the Malta Poker Festival. Uh, the director, Yvonne Montaliagre, met some of us last week, last Saturday, to talk about that. Um, I'm host, hosting the horse tournament, which is a €230 Euro buying tournament. Uh, we're hoping that a couple of famous names are going to turn up and play. Tatiana Fox. I think he's confirmed. She's on the board of the Women's Poker Association and she collaborated with Michael and Robert Mizraki and Chris Wallace in producing the book Getting Started with Horse Poker, Volume 1. There will be four copies of that book signed by Chris Wallace to the players who knock out myself and my three friends who are uh, kind of with me on this hosting, um, hosting deal. 
uh, Jeron Casalpanis, uh, Jeremy Tan, and Walter Schreibers. Uh, we're all, I think we're all going to be wearing matching sweatshirts with a logo Donkeyfish on. We, we're going to call our little organisation Donkeyfish. We're going to try to get mixed games going in different parts of Europe. Um, but yeah, so you'll you'll be able to tell if you play the event, you'll be able to tell who the who the bounties are that have the book ready to give away when they're knocked out. Um, also, the winner of the tournament is going to receive a trophy and a hoodie. Also, alongside that, there'll be cash games, mixed games, cash games, at least from Tuesday the 25th to Thursday the 27th, maybe beyond that as well. We need good turnout, so if you can play, please support. The better turnout we get, the more we can get casino operators to put similar events on and actually increase the number of mixed games in the festival schedules. Now, after that, also in Malta, Oh, I didn't give you the date for that. That's um, the Malta Poker Festival is starts on April the 24th. The horse tournament is on the 25th and the uh, cash games run from the 25th to the 27th. The festival itself runs through to the 1st of May. Now, after that, in Malta again, the festival series runs from the 15th to the 21st of May. And that includes a number of affordable mixed games and multi-table tournaments, including a two-day split and special event, an eight-game event, a horse event, and a pineapple open-faced Chinese event. And there will be crazy cash game action at that festival, for sure. Uh, beyond that, I think, uh, yeah, uh, there's going to be the uh, Mixed Games Festival Weekend in Malta, the dates to be announced, and the cruise in September of the Mediterranean, the dates to be confirmed. Watch my Substack for confirmation of those dates and also later episodes of this podcast. I think also the Swedish Masters will be coming up sometime later this year in Bratislava, but uh, I've seen uh, conversations between players where they're talking about meeting at that later on, Scandinavian players. Uh, but I've seen no dates or schedules for that yet, but that usually contains some Mixed Games events. So what's the space for more Mixed Games events? Excellent. Wow. A lot, lot going on. Uh, man, I'm, <laughs> make make yeah. me jealous here in the U.S., especially not being <laughs> in Las Vegas. You know, there's, there's not much going on. It's it's great to hear. You need to spread it across the, uh, the ponds, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, well, uh, let's talk about recent mixed game play. And here I am again, you know, really itching to play mixed games, but haven't quite made it happen. There's just a difficulty here uh, in general on the East Coast. But uh, I am looking forward to my uh, WSOP Vegas trip where I am planning to play eight game um, tournament as well as some mixed cash games that are pretty much but impossible to find on the East Coast of the United States. So I'm going to just talk briefly about my upcoming trip uh, to the WSOP for everybody. So I'm scheduled to be there from June 9th through the 18th. And like I said, I'm planning to play the 1508 game at least. And then after my time there, I'll be traveling to San Diego via car not for the first time. So not to San Diego for the first time in California, but um, by car for the first time. And I will be hitting the tables there. I played at the Saikuan Casino um, years back. Um, and while I was looking at California, I was thought maybe I'd make a, a trip to the north there um, and maybe hit uh, Commerce, Hustler, or the Bike Casinos, these popular casinos that uh, I never get to. But while I was looking, I found a place called Outlaws Card Parlor in, and I know I'm not going to pronounce this right probably, but Atascadero, California. And uh, I happened, I'd like to check it out because I happened upon it while I was searching for mixed games in California, seeing if there was something to take up my time while I was visiting there and found that they unfortunately used to have, but they used to have a five card draw tournament, which is wholly unusual. And I thought if they have it, I'm going, I don't care how far it is, I'm going to drive there. Um, but unfortunately they no longer hold that five card draw tournament, but they do hold, oh, I did call and they do have some mixed tournaments during the week. It's kind of a small place, but they, what they do is it's interesting. They start a mixed tournament and then as players bust, 
um, they start a cash game, um, a mixed cash game of, of that same uh, variant uh, on the side. So I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, Outlaw's Card Parlor. And it sounds like a place I want to check out, Outlaw Card Parlor, in some very remote <laughs> place of California, I guess. That sounds really um, interesting. I'm looking forward to when you've been there and you come back and give us a report on that, Sean. Yeah, should, yeah, looking should, forward to it. give that place some love. We, we should give them some uh, some hype. If, if they're putting games on like that, they need some. Uh, they need to be better known. They need people to know. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 maybe. I'm hoping if I go there and say, hey, I'm, I came all the way from the East Coast. Can we get a five-card draw tournament tonight? Just, you know, because. So I'm hoping maybe I can convince <laughs> them. Yeah, the only other place, you know, I've ever found a five-card draw tournament has been on Poker Stars. Um, and we all, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I love online poker, but, uh, <laughs> and my one other thing from the world, I'm also looking forward to meeting Alex Livingston from the cards chat podcast that I mentioned earlier in this episode, as he stated, he'll be entering, uh, that $1,500 eight game mix tournament. Of course, my hope is to get to meet him just not at my table. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. what do you have for us uh, on any uh, mixed game play of your own there, Martin? Okay, well, I've played quite a bit again, as usual. Um, actually had a losing session in the home game last week. Uh, lost 120 euros there. Just ran into, just had a long, long, long night with, with uh, no real hands. But uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, overall, I'm again, I'm up since the last episode because I've been doing well online. Uh, I won three PLO tournaments online last week, and I've won a an Omaha High Low tournament this week online. So uh, that's been going well. Online, I play. Um, I, I, I've been using uh, my Substack to report on tournaments that I've won, but I, I do play more cash than tournaments on uh, SWC Poker, which is the uh, which is a Bitcoin site. I play deuce to seven triple draw. Sorry, not triple draw. Deuce to seven pineapple open face Chinese. We have to make a low hand in the middle. Um, I play a lot of that. Been doing well on that. I also play six card PLO on Poker Stars and sometimes eight game on Poker Stars. It doesn't run very often. Sometimes five card PLO high low on Poker Stars, and also I play Spit and Special on the Pokio app. And on party poker, I play not limited to high low cash games. Um, yeah, again, another winning couple of weeks, uh, two or three hundred euros up over the last couple of weeks. Um, as I say, the, the, the home game, I, I made a loss this time, so uh, spread some cash around. One or two big winners in that game. Um, one of them that particularly doesn't doesn't win very often, so I was really pleased for him. There were nine players, so um, right, nobody really took a huge hit. Uh, but it was a fun night, as always. We played some some crazy games. Omaha with Deuce is Wild, for example. Jeez, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost I mean it sounds like prop bets you're doing you know you, but you, you turn the prop bet into a game yeah yeah we did play some watermelon by the way oh, okay uh, all right yeah, yeah. yeah I Probably definitely don't want to play watermelon with you after hearing uh you know <laughs> hearing you talk about how good you are on this episode so well I can say I'm, I'm, I'm not by any means the best watermelon player that I know but uh I know how to avoid the avoid the uh, dangers. That's, that's that's I think that's half the battle for that game because it's a real stack destroyer if you don't. <laughs> I actually yeah, lost right, well, the, the the biggest pot I ever lost was in a hand of watermelon about twelve months ago, almost exactly actually playing two two watermelon. I lost a two point three k pot when the seven wow. came on the the last seven in the deck came on the middle board and if it came anywhere else it doesn't matter and also I had outs on the bottom board I had seven outs on the bottom board but he had one out in the middle board and that was a 2.3k pot that uh, went sliding the other way I did actually win finish that session winning so it wasn't it wasn't too bad a 
um, too bad a damage to my uh, to my finances, but it still hurts. <laughs> was that? Did you say that was your home game? No, that was a game in the casino. Okay, I was like, that's a lot of money on a home game table. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were playing a two-two pot limit game. Yes, that's fun. During the pandemic, um, I wasn't going to this home game, um, but the home game got a much uh, livelier crowd for a few months. And in one session, in a twenty-five cent, twenty-five cent blind game. A friend of mine was down within 40 minutes. He was down 1,500 euros. Oh, wow. It's uh, it's crazy action. Does he still play? He's, he he's a she? very good player. He's a very good player, but um, he ran badly there. Just having a um, bad, bad night, yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> did recover most of it, actually. Okay. With, that, that, that's always nice to hear, yeah. yeah. But, uh, wow. Yeah, my home game does get that big sometimes, but we don't play mix. It's just one, two, no limit. That's why I don't talk about it on this podcast. But uh, yeah, it feels yeah. sometimes like a New York under a New York City underground game with the money on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Good. If you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. You can head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games, as well as chapters on why mixed games, in my opinion, provide a better edge than No Limit Hold'em, and also similarities and differences between Hold'em and non-Hold'em poker. Martin, you've also written a book. Where can our listeners find our book and uh, what's yours about? Mine is a book called Pot Limits Fit and Special, a European version of Draw Maha. That's only available at the moment as an e-book, and it's, um, it can be found on Amazon. It's uh, a book that takes you through one specific game, I, I think a, a very good uh, mixed game, and it, it takes you through the rules and how to deal the game. So from those basics, goes through then how to play the hands and gets quite advanced in, in places. Uh, you'd be looking at um, tables that show you the odds of making various hands, both your draw hand and your Omaha hand, how to play those different categories of hands, whether you've got a strong hand one way or the other, or both ways, or speculative hands both ways, um, how to play the draw how to do play the turn and river and also a quiz section towards the end which gives you a number of scenarios from hands that i played uh and you can decide what whether you should bet or check or raise on which card you should describe sorry which card you should discard and there's also a, another chapter describing some of the variants of dromaha that uh, that i've played it is only available as an ebook at the moment but i'm hoping to have a Printed an ebook, sorry, a paperback version available a little bit later this year. Yeah, well, an ebook is still a book, right? And then, honestly, in today's world, I don't know, it may be what more people are looking for. I'm not sure, but I like <laughs> I like to hold books in my hand personally. But yeah, yeah, me too. To be fair, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to hold mine in my hand. Um, as I say. Uh, later this year, I'm hoping to have that available. I, I will have that available. I don't want to give a commitment to timing, but it will be available at some point this year. Yeah, and I just, I just want to close this episode by saying, you know, that we we list these mixed game events and tournaments um, in each of our episodes. We talk about where you can find these games, and if you're interested in playing, it'd be wise to to pick up my book and Martin's book, as well as uh, just basically tuning into this podcast where we're going to be talking about all the games well that's all for episode 27 watermelon join us again in two weeks for episode 28 where we will discuss pot limit super stud thank you for listening to poker all the games follow me on twitter at p-o-k-r 
all the games and subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com. And Martin, where can our listeners follow you? Okay, my Twitter handle is at poker for leisure or poker for leisure. P-O-K-E-R, the number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E. And on Substack, uh, my blog is the same the same handle, P-O-K-E-R, number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E, at substack.com. Oh, dot sub, sorry, dot substack.com? Yeah, yes. sorry. Poker for leisure dot substack.com, yes. Yeah, and I do have to uh, say uh, Martin's writing on Substack uh, is actually, it's very nice to read. I just, I listen to a lot of podcasts and these hand histories just really get to me. And to read somebody who's actually writing not about hand histories, you're describing the game, but also what's sort of going on around the game in a way um, is quite enjoyable. So I I would recommend uh, Martin's Substack. Go check that out. Thank you, Sean. Um, if people do check out the Substack and uh, they want me to write about any specific uh, aspects of mixed games, even hand histories, if that if that's what some people want, um, just just leave a comment and I'll uh, I'll pay attention to what you all have to say, and hopefully come back with this this sort of content that you like. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can.